listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day all and welcome back to the show. This week on the road, we continue our interest in driver health as Mike chats with Peter about the process of being checked out for sleep apnea and how it's being treated. Later in the show, in something to talk about, we hear from one of our listeners about the issues truckies are facing with COVID testing. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, plus a bit of comedy from George Carlin, along with some great music from Steve Mokler and the Willis Brothers. So, let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. You'd like to drop us a line? Love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Initially called on by Mac Trucks to provide the music soundtrack for the video they were putting together to promote their new anthem model, upcoming young American musician Steve Mokler was inspired to create a song in tribute to those who spend most of their lives on the road. That song was called Born Ready, and it captured the heart of American truckers in such a big way that it turned into an entire album and a full-on US tour. Here's Steve Mokler with the song that started the whole thing, Born Ready. With the long haulers Coming down the right thing With the road runners Missing you, baby With the daybreakers With the night trains And we ain't scared it the hard way cause always red white and blue just rolling down the black top bulldogs parking still but can't do backs off rigs on the road just two hands holding on steady bone Yeah. 
trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Alright, sweetie. Alright, good night, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow. With a low Maybe lean a little harder on the throttle on the way home. Good mate of mine who drives up in Queensland, Peter, and we'll leave his last name out just in case someone might recognise him. Been driving for a while and he's had the whole sleep apnea thing done and he's kindly agreed to walk through the process with us so you can hear what it's been like from his point of view. There are a couple of spots in there where the sound quality does get a bit ordinary. He was on hands-free driving so you can hear the indicator there a couple of times. But it's an important discussion and I wanted to get it out and have a bit of a chat about it. So without further ado, here's the conversation I recorded with Peter. When you found out that you had sleep apnea, how did you find that out? What happened there? Um, Did the wife suddenly admit to not putting the (laughs) pillow over your face or what? No, not quite. (laughs) I was getting really, really weak, I suppose. If I started to try and do anything, my muscles were really tired and... And I couldn't do much. I felt like I was short of breath all the time, pretty much. And once I started doing things, it just got obviously worse. I had made an appointment for the doctor. And a couple of days before going to the doctor, the missus actually said she heard me stop breathing. Okay. So obviously I've gone to the doctor as I was going to anyhow. And I told him all of the problems I had, Hmm. thinking that he was going to send me for a heart test that he was going to send me for a couple of years ago. And he sent me for a sleep test and obviously I failed that miserably. (laughs) So when you went to have this, they call them sleep studies, don't they? Yes. So when you went to the sleep study test, obviously you had to take a little bit of time off work to go and get that done and all the rest of it. What happened there? How did that go? I didn't actually have to take time off work. I just had to make sure I finished at four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Yep. The people I went through, they came to my house and wired me up. All right, in your house. So you didn't have to go to somewhere unfamiliar or anything like that. No, you can do it that way, but yeah, these guys I did it with, different ways you can do it. You can also like wire yourself up, but the people I went through, they wire it up just to make sure there's a better chance of being wired up properly. Yep. So all I had to do was be home at quarter past five, have a shower, be in my PJs, and they wired me all up, and yeah, that was it. I left the stuff sitting out the front the next day. Righto. So how did that get paid for? Who paid for that? Was that something that was through Medicare or...? Yeah, completely through Medicare. I did not pay a cent at all for that. Yep. And there was another test I did later on, which was actually at their office. Yep. 
and that worked out how much help I needed to be able to breathe properly, like what pressure I needed. Yep. And that was also completely with Medicare. The only thing that cost me money was the actual machine. Oh, right. So you had to pay for the machine out of your own pocket. Most of it. Yeah, it was $1,800. Yep. And out of that $1,800, I got back 650 from my health fund. Yes. And yeah, I paid for all the rest. Right. So what happened afterwards, though? I mean, obviously, you need to learn how to use this thing and... Yes, yes. What happened there, mate? How did that all happen for you? Unfortunately, I was under the impression that these people were going to help me with that a lot, but yep. most of the stuff I've learned, I actually learned off the internet. Okay. So you can set the machine up differently, so it starts on lower pressures and builds up, or you can set it pretty much however you want. Yeah. And yeah, it took a while, but I worked out what settings kind of worked best for me and which mask I could get to seal up properly and stuff like that. Yeah. So it took a little bit of time, but not, not a lot. So when you've got the machine, it had a range of different masks and basically like a little box with some dials on it and a bit of tube hanging out of it and an electric cord. Is that it? When you buy a machine, it doesn't actually come with a mask All right. because there are so many different options you can go with. Yep. I bought a package that came with the mask that I chose. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it comes with a tube so you can hook up to whichever mask you want. My machine has got like a, an on-off button and a, and a home button. Mm-hmm. And it's got a dial, so you can click on it and scroll through a few different options to set your pressures. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So does it go over your nose and your mouth or just over your nose? I have got a full face mask that I started off with. I did go and buy a different one, which is a nasal pillow. So essentially it's got two little things that they don't go up your nose too far, but they sit like on the inside of your nostril. Oh, right. Like a little nasal oxygen thing that you might see in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Just a little couple of little tags on it that go in your nostrils each side. Pretty similar to that, and it gets held on your head. Mm. You've got a little thing poking out the top where you bows in. Right, so you've got a harness that goes like around your head. and Yes, yeah. Oh, it's pretty attractive. Is it comfortable? Uh, well, no. Mm. No, it's not as bad as I thought. Mm. The nasal one that I was just telling you about, mm. that one, it's got like a tube that goes down either side, which is very, very soft. Yep. So that's really good for people that sleep on their side. Yep. So if you block off one side, the air goes in the other side. Righto. So I find that one reasonably comfortable. When you move your head around, sometimes it will come a little bit loose and you'll get a bit of leakage. Yep. Then you might have to readjust that. I think I've actually got used to that. I think I might kind of adjust it in my sleep without waking up properly anymore. Mm. And the full face one has the tube that comes down the front. Yep. That's not too bad, but with my beard, I seem to be struggling to get it to seal up. Yep. So it basically just blows a constant stream of pressure in your nose, doesn't it? Yes. You can get straight machines that run off a fixed pressure, mm. but they also have a exhalation pressure relief. Mm. So it'll go at your set pressure. Mine is set at eight. Yeah. So that'll go at that. But when I actually breathe out, it drops back by three. Right. So you can set it. So when you breathe out, it drops the pressure. It just makes it far more comfortable to breathe out. Right. And this was one of the things that I didn't know when I first got it. Mm. It was set at four and the exhalation pressure relief was set at three. But the minimum the machine will do is four. Mm. So it's set at four, but it only can go down to four. Okay. So I've got it set at eight now, and then it drops down to five when I breathe out. Right. So when it's set like that, it does make it a lot easier to breathe in and out. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. 
We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Right, this machine that you've got now, do you think it's actually helped? Do you feel better because of it? Has it been worth the effort, do you think? They do say that it can take like three to six months. Mm. Initially, I did think it was helping. Mm. It seems to have plateaued a bit. But yeah, like I said, three to six months, they reckon. So we'll see how it goes. Right. So how long's it been now, Peter? I'm going to say it's about four weeks. Oh, righto. So you've only just really started down the path then, haven't you? Yes, yes. Do you wear it in the truck? Does it work in the truck? I bought myself a 12-volt power supply thing for it. Mm. And yeah, I've got the 12-volt power supply in the truck. And yeah, yeah, it works fine. Right. So you don't have to worry about an inverter or anything like that. you just got to choose the right one to start with. Yeah. I think the main ones, the ones I've seen, have all got an uh, option of running it off 12 volt. Right. They actually run off 24. <laughs> so the 12 volt cigarette thing actually bumps it up to 24. So where did you get the thing from? When you went shopping for a machine, where did you go? I mean, did the doctor recommend somewhere for you? Is it, well, what's the story with that? The place that did the sleep study, they sold them there. Yep. And it said something there about having backup for the life of the machine. So mm. I did pay probably a couple hundred extra and I got it from those guys. Yep. But they are available pretty easily, pretty readily. I know of two or three stores within half hour drive from home. Yep. So they're not hard to come by. So you think overall though, right now where you're at, you got better at the start, but you don't think it's though it's helping you that much now. But as having said that, you're only at the start of the road. I've heard stories where guys have you know, lost weight, they sleep better, they feel more rested and all that sort of thing. Do you think that that's applying to you or do you think that you're yet to see those sort of benefits? Yeah, yet to see that. Mm. Like I said, a little bit better initially and you know that hasn't got worse or anything. I have definitely an improvement on when I first went to see my doctor. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how it goes over the next couple of months. So has it made a difference to your work though as far as you, know, you were saying that you might have been short of breath climbing a ladder and all that sort of thing? Yes, I can climb up the ladder on top of the tanker a lot easier than what I could before without being short of breath and yep. yeah, pretty much anything, I guess, whether it's at home doing stuff. Yeah, definitely I've got like a little bit more motivation and don't get puffed anywhere near as easily. So yep. it has definitely improved things. Yeah, so you might have been a little bit harsh in your judgment of saying it's plateaued a bit. Yeah. You're probably still getting used to it and, and things are probably still taking shape. Yeah, probably, yeah. Like I said, they'd say it could take anything up to six months. So Yeah, right. And how did the other half respond to you sleeping in bed with it? It's quieter than me snoring. <laughs> it's quieter than the snoring. Uh, so you don't feel as though you're likely to get the tontine therapy from her anymore? No, I don't snore at all, apparently, anymore. Uh, Not at all. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. So it just hums along and does its thing, does it? It's very quiet. It's very, very quiet. Yeah. With a full face mask on, I cannot hear the machine running over the noise of the air inside my face mask. Right, eh? With the nasal one, I can just hear a, a tiny bit of a, a little fan-type noise going, I suppose you'd call it. 
So is it like a little thin oxygen tube like you see in the hospital face mask or is it something bigger, much more substantial? A full face mask is, yeah, probably similar to what you'd see the little oxygen mask in the hospital. Yep. But with more straps, I suppose, to hold it on more securely while you're asleep. Yep. I can't help but think that you'd feel a little bit claustrophobic with it over your face. You know, it just doesn't strike me as being a lot of fun. How long did it take before you could actually get to sleep with it or were you just that shattered it didn't matter anymore? Probably the first night was difficult, mm. but like I said, playing with the settings and increasing the settings to get more pressure blowing up my nose to start with, mm. that has helped. So tweaking the settings definitely helps. But yeah, a couple of days. I've heard people take a couple of weeks to get used to sleeping with it. So have you talked to other guys that have been down the road that you've been down? Yeah, there's a couple of people. Yeah, surprisingly, there's a couple of truck drivers like that too. Yeah, right. Like guys you know personally. Yeah. And their experience has been like yours, or have they related a similar experience to you? Yeah, um, one guy said that he can't sleep without it now. Yeah, right. It's one of those things, there are a lot of people that are very, very interested in it now, and people get scared of it, and they don't want to go to the doctor, and they don't want to get diagnosed. It's like everything, mate. We're all, we're men, you know. If we deny we've got a problem, then it doesn't exist. Oh, that's right, yeah. How long have you lived with this before you actually went and got anything done about it? They reckon most people, they've had it for years before they get diagnosed with it. Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it, I suppose. I mean, if it's easy enough to go and have a sleep study done and get an answer, yeah, and then it's easy enough to get a machine and it makes such a big difference to your life and as much as how easy it is for you to do things, yeah, can only really be a plus, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, as long as people don't freaking go, oh, you've got sleep apnea and don't give you a job. Yeah, well, that's the fear, isn't it? That's one of the reasons why people deny that they've got these things. It's the same as drivers who I know personally who have denied they had chest pain. Yeah. <laughs> continued to work. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, I, I thought it might have been. <laughs> well, you know what happened, don't you? So, you know, it's one of those things. We have these things that, that are wrong with us, and as we get older, it gets harder and harder to deal with. Yeah. And you get worried about whether you can pass the medical or not or this is what we do for a job. Yeah. We've got the bills to pay. Yeah. You know, it all comes down to motivations, as I've said a hundred times. You know, you, you know, you've got to pay the bills and yeah. some of this crap can get bigger than Ben Hur if it gets out of control. There's people that have got sleep apnea and they they probably even know about it, but because they're not tested, they're not diagnosed. Yep. They just keep on going. Yep. Which is probably worse than getting diagnosed and frigging hooking yourself up to a machine every night. Yeah, well, once you get diagnosed and you get the machine and you're getting the help, then obviously you're going to get better. It just seems to make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, mate. Well, thanks for talking to us and walking your way through that little experience in your life. Obviously, good luck with it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, sir. Right, mate. Take care out there. We'll see you on the road. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. 
All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Whether behind the wheel of your truck or your car, the antics of some car drivers can leave you scratching your head. Here's a few words from Mike's favourite comedian, George Carlin. Thousands of these cars rolling around, many of them with people in them who are licensed, apparently. I don't know where they come from, these people. I don't know where they come from, but I believe there is an automotive harassment squad that is notified when I leave the house. Okay, he's leaving now. Everyone in position. And they're laying for me all along my route. Here's a guy making a U-turn in reverse. Here's a woman backing out of a bush. And each of them has a special talent. Each driver has a different talent for you. First of all, there's the guy whose turn signal has been on since 1955. Then there's his opposite. That's the guy who doesn't put his turn signal on until he's finished the turn. He's gonna let you know where he just was. Then there's the man at night behind you whose brights are on. His brights are on in case you wanna read. Well, I just happen to have a copy of Ivanhoe with me. Cars to watch out for. First of all, anyone who's driving and is also on the telephone at the same time. Technology has brought us these self-important twits. You know, if telephones were invisible, these guys would have known them. The whole idea is for you to see the phone so you'll know he's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. He's reaching out. That's what he'd tell you. I'm reaching out. People who don't know how wide their cars are. Only been driving thing for four years. Don't know where it fits yet. Well, I don't know if I can fit in there. Car to watch out for. Any car with more than three people in it wearing neck braces. There's a sure lawsuit in that vehicle. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Hey everyone, this is Jane Denham and you're listening to Mike and Andy on the road. you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. 
For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Stickershed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Stickershed, their business is making your business look great. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Almost live from the On The Road newsroom, Mike, good evening. Good evening, mate. How are you? Mate, I could be better, I could be worse, I guess. I'm not 100%, not myself today. So more drugs required? Or less, I'm not sure which. I'll keep experimenting, see if we can find out. <laughs> so I haven't got a joke for you today, I'm afraid. Well, I was waiting for one. Unless you've got one you want to throw in here. No, no, I don't do the jokes, mate. I do the breaking news sound effects. The sound effects, that's true, yeah. All right, well, we do have a veritable plethora of news. We do. So we might just get straight into it, mm. and we'll find something to laugh about along the way, I'm sure. No doubt. Yeah. Mate, Victorian police are investigating a suspicious truck fire in Hopper's Crossing where a Volvo F10 tipper was destroyed last weekend. Yeah, because Mud Carter's tippers have never burned to the ground before. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. So the Victorian police are terming this thing a suspicious fire. Okay. Apparently some accelerant was thrown on the thing. Being a Volvo, anything that makes it accelerates probably a good thing. They're appealing for some help and a request to contact them on the Crime Stoppers number or send them an email to their Crime Stoppers Victoria website. If you go to the Big Rigs newspaper website, you can see the fire in all its glory on the little video there. Mm. So I sort of thought that this thing is long past the point where it should have caught fire on its own, actually. Well, it was a 1990-something model, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that. It's not exactly new. Yeah. Well, back in New South Wales, Road Freight New South Wales has been making TFNSW and the State Health Minister aware of how COVID rules, regulations and compliance issues are seriously affecting the lives of truckies just trying to do their job during the pandemic. Yeah, Road Freight for New South Wales CEO Simon O'Hara has been inundated with reports, as you say. Inundated? Inundated. It's a big oh, word. It is. Do you think we should offer Simon a slot on the show? You give him his own segment, call it Simon Says. I reckon, because just about every news, Simon O'Hara's had something to say. Gee, he's got a lot to say, doesn't he? He does. Road Freight for New South Wales. Wasn't Simon O'Hara the guy in My Favourite Martian? Tim O'Hara. Tim O'Hara. Sorry, as you were. Yep. They're probably not related. <laughs> Could be. Who knows? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Mate, we need to just sort of address this. This is actually a serious thing. Oh, it is. I've actually had a phone call from a listener about this today, so we'll, we'll hear what he had to say later. Mm. But the number of test kits that are available, the sites that are available, how truck-friendly they are, how long people are having to wait, mm. it's just absolutely mind-blowing that we're two years into the 14-day lockdown and we haven't got this stuff sorted out and the knee-jerk reactions and the changing moving of the goalposts the whole time. Mm. $4,135 fine some bloke got. Now, I don't know what he did wrong. I haven't looked at the body cam footage. I, I know it exists, but I haven't looked at it. Mm. You know, we've got mandatory testing in Victoria, Queensland, South Australia. And we've got essential worker issues. We've got mandatory requirements for some freight workers in New South Wales. And it's almost like they just make it up as they go along. Yeah. And O'Hara is 100% right, as he usually seems to be. I'm going to have to have a beer with him or something when I get a chance so I can tell him he's right. Mm. 
and the ongoing situation facing truckies dealing with the COVID rules, regulations and compliance and the rigours of doing this, it's become an industry. It is really something to talk about. As I say, I had a listener ring me up earlier today and uh, you're going to hear from him later in the show. Well, keep those thoughts going because we've got a story coming up shortly that relates even more so to that one there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, mate, a Sydney-based motorcycle transporter has been sent into quarantine for two weeks after visiting a Queensland Centrelink office seeking short-term financial assistance for a sole trader impacted by COVID. Right. Paul Bagger. And so he's been dropped into the quarantine for just going into a Centrelink office. By Centrelink, yeah. Unreal. Mm. Had a bit of a read of the story and... I mean, this has just turned into a nightmare for this bloke, Dave Foster. You know, to rub salt in the wound, Queensland Health wanting to pay for the $130 cab fare. The cab fare, yeah. It's just mind-blowing. Go to the Big Rigs website and read the story for yourself. But at the moment, he's thinking about just cutting his losses and, and trying to get out of the joint. It's one of these things that does highlight how it's easy to fall foul of the regulations and they're not regulations even, they're something else. They're advisories or something, aren't they? Knee-jerk reactions is what they are. So this poor bloke, in the course of trying to make a quid and do his business and do the best he can, you can't be across everything all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately, this bloke's sort of fallen foul of the rules and someone's dobbed him in and the next thing you know, he's basically in the slot. It's just easy to happen. And uh, once again, he's got a permit. He's trying to do everything he's doing. Yep. And there's no wiggle room. Yeah. I wonder how much wiggle room there is for a politician that gets their expenses wrong. Oh, yeah. The poor bloke got up here. His truck broke down. Yeah. So he's gone to seek some financial assistance as a sole trader impacted by COVID. Yeah. Instead of giving financial assistance, he's going to have to pay for two weeks of hotel quarantine, yep. as well as possibly his taxi fare, as well as getting his truck fixed, as well as lost income. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful, isn't it? As you would say, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Yeah. Or you. I won't get you started. All right. Got it. Now, following on from the previous story that you were talking about that you've got more coming on about later. Yeah. Did that make any sense? No. Reports that truckies are being forced to wait for hours or shut out altogether at the so-called freight-friendly COVID testing site at Taree. Yeah. Am I starting now? Yeah. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> A transport for New South Wales spokesperson said there are five freight-friendly testing sites it runs and they've seen unprecedented increase in demand. Unprecedented. <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> After mandatory testing rules come into effect. Well, when things become mandatory and you have to do it, there is going to be unprecedented demand. Yeah. It's not a surprise. They've created their own problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then this three-day time frame. As you say, don't get me started. Well, you got more on that later. There is more on it later. As I say, Scotty Watts rang me up and he had a bit of a chat, a bit of a rant. He actually got his test done at Taree, I think, in the finish. Mm. But no one's happy about this. We're all trying to comply. We're all doing the best we can. Facebook groups have just gone nuts. I've been keeping an eye on some of the Facebook groups. My friend Shelley Mitchell has said that Tari at 18.15 is out of self-testing kits. Exclamation marks across the page. Mm. Tar cutter may be restocked in time you get to go through there. You want drivers to test, keep the bloody stocks up. And she's tagged Glenn Stirl, Gladys Berejikli and Road Freight for New South Wales, New South Wales Help, John HVR, Andrew Constance, Barnaby Joyce and Straight Shot Transport. 
Shelley didn't tag me. I don't know why. I was going to say, no Mike Williams? What? <laughs> no. And Leanne Dyer, who is basically uh, a part of a couple of other things I'm a part of as well. Seriously, get your shit together. You've made the requirements for truck drivers to be tested, but you don't provide enough test kits or test sites with heavy vehicle access and longer hours. Trucks run 24-7. It's not a cushy 9-5 to gig. FFS. I wonder what that means. Um, Anyway. (laughs) For for, for fair sake? I I don't know. Let's say that Leanne's not happy anyway, and and neither are a lot of people on the road. Yeah, it comes across. The thing is, Andy, mm. when you go start on your day, you've got 17 hours to do your 14 hours. Yep. When you click start on the day, that's what you've got. And if you get stuck waiting for an hour for a COVID test somewhere, that's one hour in the day you don't have to have a feed, have a shower, have a rest, do some kilometres that you get paid to do. Because God knows we don't get paid by the hour, a lot of us. Mm. There are so many things wrong with this. And if it's going to be something the government foist on us that we have to do, then they've got to take responsibility when it goes sideways. Because the highway patrol guy that picks the driver up down the road wants to see the certificate. And he also wants to see the logbook to verify the time. Yep. And it's just not right. The low-hanging fruit. Truck drivers are always the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Stick around, folks. More on this and something to talk about a little later in the show. Moving on, Mm. the Livestock and Rural Transporters Association of Queensland has announced their 2021 Young Person in Transport Award winner. Yep. So this is a happy story. It is. Livestock and Rural Transporters Association of Queensland, as you say, have named Damien Swalling of Swalling Livestock Transporters the winner of its 2021 Young Person in Transport Award. Damon is respected by his workmates who can count on him as someone to jump in and lend a hand when the job needs to be done safely and efficiently. He's held no regard by all companies who use swallowing as subcontractors, knowing well that Damon is on the job and it will get done right. So that's a big wrap for the young bloke and you know, good on him. Congratulations, Damien. Well done, dude. So the runners up, it's just to get their name out. Jack Mailman from Martin Stock Haulage, James Scott from Scott's Haulage, Axel Opperman from Oppermans and Son, Daniel Steele from Stockyards, and Jack Ubergang from Frasers, all well-known companies. Congratulations to all the runners-up. Yeah, good on you all. Yeah, nice to see so many young blokes getting their name, and he looks a happy young fella too, doesn't he? Mm, he does. Last story for this show, mate. Okay. And I'm sure you're going to get really excited about this one. <laughs> West Farmers company Corgas has ordered two Hyzon Motors hydrogen-powered prime movers which are expected to arrive in the country in 2022. Yeah. Now, looking at the picture there, mm. and it looks like sort of a love child between a Volvo and a DAF and a buddy Hyundai or some sort, Hyundai. Of, <laughs> some sort of a love trilogy that's gone wrong. Mm. I don't know. Buddy Hydrogen, mate. I mean, have they not heard of the Hindenburg? Yeah, that went well, didn't it? That did go well. That had a happy ending. <laughs> Perhaps they've had some advances since then. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Mm. Let's get serious for a moment. Because like the electric truck thing and the electric car thing, I don't want to have to eat humble pie again. So we might need to be serious this time. Okay. A New York-based Australian, Craig Knight, he's the CEO of Hyzon, is said he's proud to partner with Core Gas in the shared effort to decarbonise Australia's heavy trucking industry. 
don't know, I reckon Lex Forsyth speed him to the mark, mate. And as long as we can get him to get that E9 sound effect in, he might be right. Mm. So I know that there's already a bus running and all the rest of it. Mm. So maybe it'll happen. Maybe they've got something safe to work out. I mean, everyone was scared of LP gas back in the day when it first started, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the New South Wales government has recently announced a $70 million package to support the establishment of hydrogen hubs in the state with Port Kembla identified as a priority location given the fact it's a deep water port and that has the necessary electricity and gas infrastructure, a water recycling plant, road and rail connections and the R&D presence as well as a sizable heavy haulage fleet. That's where I used to work down at Unandera, mate, down, down near Port Kembla. Hmm. And anyway, highs on HiMax 450, mate. Look out for it and uh, let's see what happens, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Well, that's us for the week, mate. Yep. Very quickly, my thoughts for the week because I know you look forward to that. I do, mate, because I always learn something. Well, first up, if you've had enough of following your dreams, hmm. just find out where they're going and hook up with them later. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's worked for me. Yep. And a second one, which isn't necessarily funny, but it's very true. Age is simply an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is true too. Yeah. Absolutely true. Wonderful thoughts, mate. Thank you so much, and I shall carry them with me on the road. <laughs> good on you. Thank you for that word of encouragement. <laughs> Mike, have a good one, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Good on you, buddy. ta up. See you, dude. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. One of the listeners of the podcast has rung me up with an issue and we're going to let him have a bit of a chat to you. So it's all about COVID testing and the issues that he's encountered. His name's Scott Watts. He drives a 4,826 metre B-double up and down the East Coast. He tows some flat tops and does a bit of hard work. Owner driver. And he's got a bit to say about the COVID testing. Scott, mate, how are you? Tell us how you found out about us and tell us what your issue is. Well, good evening, Mike. It's great to be having a yarn to you. I got a bit bored with the radio stations up and down the coast road there, so I started looking up a few podcasts and come across your on-the-road podcast and thought it was pretty informative. Mm. And I like the way that you sort of get into the nitty-gritty of the details of the industry and the issues with the industry. And, of course, with the latest round of lockdowns and whatnot up and down the east coast, it's come to my attention that maybe we need to have a yarn about what's going on with the COVID testing. Yep. Coming from Victoria, you know, with 24 hours notice, we're sort of told that we're required to test every three days. Yeah. 
Now, I don't have a problem with complying with rules and regulations. I mean, it's part and parcel of the job on a daily basis in the industry. So what really gets my gripe is that it's something that we're forced to do. And, and if it's not done, it's the onus falls back on the driver with anything up to $4,000 fines. And they set up transport or freight worker testing hubs up and down the highway. And it's still incredibly hard to get a test. Yeah. You know, the first trip up there, I stopped at about four different places and not one of them had a test kit available. You know, if I get down the road a bit from that and get pulled over by main roads or big roads or, you know, whatever jurisdiction you happen to be in, and they pull out the fine book, well, that's pretty hefty fine on the owners of a driver for something that the government's supposed to be providing that we just haven't got access to. Yeah, well, that's right. I had photos sent to me too. Guys standing in the rain at Tarkata waiting for a test at the changeover bay there. It is, as you say, pretty bloody hard to comply with all this stuff. Every three days is a bit much, I think. You sort of struggle. Then you've got to go through and get the video and do a self-test or something too. I've never had the experience, mate. Tell me what it's all about. Well, I finally got tested at Taree last night. Mm. And, well, after waiting for about 25 minutes to actually get the test, yep. you're required to log in on your smartphone. The two security guys there give you the test kit, which you then scan the QR code, and then wait in an electronic queue on your phone for a video call with a nurse to instruct you how to do your own test. <laughs> yep. Now, just so happens the load I happened to bring it back from Brisbane wasn't time sensitive, which is a change because we actually normally cart mail and parcels. So normally our luck are pretty time sensitive. Yeah. So it was lucky enough for me. But I mean, there's a couple of guys there that were getting really stressed because they've got refrigerated on or they're doing market. And, you know, they've got to put an hour in their book to stop there to wait to get their test. It's a bit of a two-edged sword. I mean, you run the risk of just getting on with it and getting down to Melbourne and hoping you don't get pinged. Or do you sort of sit around and wait for your test and maybe run late and get reamed for not being in on time? Yeah, well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. As I've said all the time, it's the bloke on the highway that's suffering with these problems. I mean, you know, the boss isn't worried about it. He's at home sitting on his leather couch drinking his buddy beer and poor bastards out driving the trucks are the ones that have got to deal with all the enforcement on the road. Someone got fined 4135 bucks the other day, didn't they? I think, yeah, I think that's what I read, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. My partner and I, we're pretty lucky with the company we work with, very old family company and very involved in what's going on, dusting transport. Mm. And Jason and Marg have been sort of scrambling left, right and centre and bending over backwards to try and organise to make sure that we're meeting all these requirements and permits. And I mean, you know, I come up with two trailers from Melbourne and nearly needed a third trailer just to carry the permits this trip. Like it's just... <laughs> oh, that's funny, mate. It's probably almost true, though. Well, I required a New South Wales entry permit, a Queensland entry permit, yep. a permit to re-enter Victoria, a test every three days, a Victorian certified, or no, uh, what's the uh, word, like, not, not emergency worker, but a... Uh, essential worker. Essential worker certificate, and then a letter from the people we're working for, from Dustings, quantifying the certificate that, yes, I am an essential worker. Mm. So that's for every trip. I mean, that's a lot of background work for companies to be doing per drive. I mean, it's all right for a small family company that it's busy enough for Jason and Marg, let alone a mid-sized company that's got 15 or 20 trucks. And the consequences of not complying are just phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's unreal. So what do you think needs to be done, mate? Well, I think the fact that we have a, a national heavy vehicle regulator, and I mean, the key to the solution to the problem is just in that, in the name alone. It is a national heavy vehicle regulator. Mm. So I think the fact that we're talking about trucks running across four or five states on the East Coast, mm. you know, it's something that needs to be regulated at a federal or, or a national level. There should be one rule across the board regarding interstate transport. And I think the NHVR need to sort of put their foot down and say, hey, let's get smart about this and let's stop causing stress and let's stop making things hard for each other. 
And when it comes to the interstate guys, let's just put together a system that lets us handle it. Mm. We get tested every, even if it's three days, seven days, whatever, but it should be across the board and it needs to really be simplified and work in with guys schedule so that you know that you're going to get to your rest stop. You're going to be able to get a test or your test has got three days to go. So, you know, you can get up to Sydney and back and not have to worry about it. Yep. All right, mate. Well, no worries. Thanks for calling me and having a crack. I do appreciate it. We do want to be an independent voice for the truckies of Australia, and you're definitely one of those as known a driver. You're obviously not cured yet. You're still paying for your own diesel, so... <laughs> no, thanks for that, Mike. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, and like I said, from my perspective, I thought it was good to also get you know get a younger guy on to have a bit of a say as well. Mm. It's great to be back in the industry. I've been out for a little while, and it's an industry I love, and it's something that you can really make something of if you do it right and you do it smart. It's in your blood, mate. You're as buggered as I am. <laughs> it's in your blood. It certainly is. Right, oh, Scott. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. And maybe I'll see you on the road one day. Hopefully, Mike. Have a good one, mate. You too. Finishing off this week's show with a few laughs is a golden oldie from the Willis Brothers with Give Me 40 Acres. He was heading into Boston in a big long diesel truck. It was his first trip to Boston. He was having lots of luck. He was going the wrong direction down a one-way street in town. And this is what he said when the police chased him down. Give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. It's the easiest way that I've found. That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... I think we're done. Andy says... Hey, listen, that wasn't you I saw hooking up through the cutter the other day, was it? And our guest says... Anybody with half a brain can work it out. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. When he finally got unloaded, he was glad to leave the town. He was very, very happy going back to Alabama. When up ahead he saw a sign, said, you are northward bound. He said, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around.